Welcome to episode 158 of Cowboy Shit. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Dustin Edwards. And what do I say? Another one moves out of the basement. Dustin's got... <laughs> uh, Dustin, you're downtown, man. You got a new place. You got a place for the winter. Yeah. Yeah. We're right across from uh, right across from work now. So That's handy. Uh, the, the halfway house for uh, degenerates uh, continues to uh, move on another another. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. I guess like we've had I think I've had uh people live here like at the house besides me. Like I've had a roommate at this house probably since I've lived here. Like I've never not had a roommate. So I guess I kind of have a roommate now with Storm too, but I mean and the dogs, but you know, outside of that there's I've always been somebody around. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there's usually always even in all my years of coming in at a 4620, there's always been uh there's always been someone uh, lurking around, but I'm like, I kind of did it like, uh, you know, like when you're, when you're young and trying to keep a relationship going, I think I might've left like some underwear in a drawer, Ted. So I have an excuse to come back if I have to. And <laughs> we'll see ya, so. No, it's all good, man. I'm happy. Happy. Got a place close by work. Cause yeah. When you got to stay around, stick around the dome for the games in the evening, you got like, and you can't really go to work at like 11 a.m. so that you're there for the day. It's still 12 hours that you're there at the building. So yeah, yeah be nice to just walk. Days. Yeah, be nice just walk over. Maybe maybe that'll help your back out, and you can just have some relieve some stress a little bit. Kind That's of right. Nice. Trying to right. trying to make it easier. So yeah, so got a good view of the downtown here, and uh, awesome. Yeah. Congrats on the new place. So um, on the podcast side of things, this is the last episode in our sixth season so it's kind of uh what do i say i guess i guess it's funny that we we did the first show ever it was like december 1st 2017 so this is officially the last episode of the sixth year we've been doing the show now so episode 159 will be on the middle of the wrangler nfr will be uh the first episode of the seventh year of the show so it's kind of crazy we've been doing the show for seven years well, and you know, like a lot of a lot of podcasts barely make it one year. So, yeah, I'd say that you're probably the longest running, one of the longest running Western <laughs> podcasts going. There's been yeah, a lot. I guess come so. Through. That's true. There has been a lot of come and go, but we just try and put out a show every other week. And uh, this week, uh, I gotta say that we had a little bit of technical difficulties on the recording side of things from the show storm. Based on what we got on the on the recording, the uh, like it just wasn't. It wasn't great, so we had to work on it. And she put some time in, and, and Sean put some time in to make this show work. Uh, my voice was really messed up. I don't know, but like it's just the channel on the on the mixer, like. But uh, but 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 it was a fun show. We talked to uh, uh, Jared Parsonage, Jordan Hansen, and Don Johansson. So Jordan and Jared 
and Don have all been to the NFR in the bull riding. And Jordan and Jared are going this year together for the first time. They both made it individually, but I think it's going to be pretty cool for those guys to make it at the same time. But, uh, man, we got a ton of people going to the Wrangler NFR this year. So we talked to these two guys and kind of like got some insight from Don on going when he went, because he went to the NFR back in 1978 when it was in Oklahoma City. So lots changed since then. Oh, yeah, it's a totally different landscape. And I think having, uh, I think Jared, when Jared went to the NFR, he, he struggled a little bit, but I think having those two guys. Yeah, and then and then it was didn't have any luck. That. Yeah, I think he might have had a re-ride that he bucked off too, maybe. But yeah, uh, I think that having those two guys there and all the Canadians there, I think everybody's just gonna be elevated to another level. Like, yeah, it's I think it's gonna be cool. It's uh, gonna be a big group down there, so it'll be a lot of fun. I think those guys are gonna kick some ass. Well, and I think uh, what is Zeke? Zeke won uh, last year, and and he's already got three, so he yeah. could with you know, if he were to win this year, have the fourth world title and be the most, that would make him the most decorated Canadian rodeo cowboy ever. Like, like most Marty Woods got three gold buckles in the bronc riding, but nobody else has won more than three. Right. I don't think so. I think if he gets four, four Canadian titles, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think uh, he's, I don't think you can't call him not the most decorated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to throw around the greatest of all time line too lightly, but that's flirting with greatest of all time numbers for, for Canadian rodeo cowboys anyways, from big Valley, Alberta. Well, I liked how uh, during the CFR broadcast, me and Dave kept saying that, you know, the only way to the gold buckle is through Zeke. And then he bucked <laughs> off and, and I read a First quote. Somewhere that he, I read a quote somewhere that he said, Oh, I hate when everyone says that, you know, the, the road to the buckle goes through me, you know, I don't know if he doubted himself for that moment. And then he went out there and won the next four go rounds. And yeah. in fact, the road to the buckle did go through him and he put up a barricade and won it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm interested to see, uh, see how the NFR goes this year with all those Canadian guys down there. I think they're going to be just having a blast. And, and uh, I think, I think you're going to see some uh, big time rides and it should be fun. Well, and I hope uh, our our ladies in the breakaway do well too. Uh, Shelby Beaujolais and, uh, and Kendall Pearson both make it in the breakaway too. So hopefully they have a really good run. And, uh, you know, the only event that we didn't have a contestant in this year is what the, uh, the, in the barrel racing. Right. And I guess the heading in the team rope because the, the, uh, uh, what the heck, what am I trying to say? The grand boys didn't quite make it. Yeah. So, so someone in the team roping, but not on the heading side and yeah, the, the breakaway cool. I think, uh, Shelby's gonna have a really good shot. I uh during the on the Cowboy Channel broadcast, I bookmark I bookmark standings during the rodeo season. Yeah. And I had an old WPRA standings page and it didn't refresh it wasn't refreshed and she was in second. So on the Cowboy Channel the one night, I think maybe more than one night, I said she was second in the world. And uh, I got lots of I got lots of messages. So this is my uh, public apology that I didn't say she was actually number one. I said she was number two. uh, it happens remember to refresh your wpra standings browser folks (laughs) but uh, that'll be fun and they're over in the south point i believe for for theirs right yeah yeah the first weekend i i believe i i'm pretty sure yeah so yeah it'll be lots of fun it sounds like there's a lot of people going down and and uh be a canada canada invasion in vegas with a 72 cent dollar it should be fun 
hopefully you had your uh hopefully you had some US dollars saved somewhere. Yeah. Might be a little expensive otherwise. Man, I I just looking at the Pro Audio website, I didn't realize they, they have a podcast too called The Shoot Bosses. Official mm-hmm. podcast of Pro Rodeo. I don't know who this guy is, but I know Tracy. Oh, uh, Barth? Who's Barth? I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, I, think, I think a lot of the Pro Rodeo associations are introducing podcasts now. So it's yeah, going to be coming up. And uh, wanting Canadian Pro Rodeo now as well. It's joining the podcast world. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it goes great for everyone in the podcast world. We'll just keep plugging away on our side. Yep. Anyways. Um, okay. Yeah. So I want, to, I want to talk on like the world title title races a little bit and who, uh, who kind of was, uh, what are we talking about? Like who's kind of in the, in the world title races. So Zeke's right in there in the, obviously in, in the Bronc riding, uh, but in the oh. bareback riding or in Larson's like pretty far back. So it's kind of a little unlikely in that side of things. Hey, I'd say in the Bronc riding, like, like Dawson would be in the mix. Like, yeah, how like much yeah, and Ben Bronc- Anderson too. And Ben, so too those guys off. can make those guys can make pretty big moves with how much those rounds pay and the average. And yeah, and technically you could say anybody's in it in the bareback riding too, if you really want to. Yeah, that is Steve, true. Even Cullings going in, uh, I think he's tenth in Let's the steer. And the steer wrestling is always so tight. Yeah, he's tenth with one hundred and four thousand, but first is only one ninety three. Yeah, like, so I guess I mean, like a hundred grand. It's not that crazy. Uh, well, I mean, the go rounds pay so much. The average pays almost seventy five thousand. I think. Yeah, it's crazy high. I heard, I heard, it, I heard some of the prize money is going to be going up this year, but I haven't, I haven't seen the actual t- numbers. But um, yeah, Bo, look at it. Bo Cooper is probably in the mix in the in the tie down rope in. Yeah, first is two eighty in the tie down, and Bo is going in eleventh at one seventeen. So he's pretty. He's one sixty back, but he made it. He's there. We got lots of Canadians in the mix, so yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, um, man. So NFR is coming up. Uh, I don't. Even, I don't really want to make any predictions that bad. Do you? I'm. I'm gonna predict that we we get one gold buckle back to Canada. That's my prediction. I think. Yeah. I guess. I guess with between Dawson, Ben, and Zeke, they they have the best chance. Uh, yeah. The re- the re- the rest of the crew, I'd I'd be I'd be surprised. I'd be tough i think but yeah i uh, predict the saddle bronc riding gold buckle to canada to canada one of those three guys probably zeke guys, yeah the gold the road of the gold buckle goes through zeke what <laughs> and and uh world world breakaway roping title too Show. oh that'd be cool okay so one of the world titles maybe one yeah. of the other i like it um that's all I, my bold predictions for the cfr i think all of them were completely bad and the pbr canada finals i think i picked coy robinson to win both and then in another pool, I had Cody Coverchuk, and I didn't win anything. Yeah, I had, Jake, I had Jake Gardner, and he had a rough CFR, but he won the Maple Leaf Finals this week in Regina. Rode all his bulls, won almost like ten grand in Regina. So, oh really? And does I just saw that on the PRCA website too? Does that mean that he, that counts for something in the PRCA? Yeah, so if you win that, you qualify to the NFR Open. Uh, which what is that? It's like a big, I don't know, the, it's like but a it's, big road. But it's during the fucking Calgary Stampede. That's a dopey ass time to have a rodeo like that. It is. I remember a bunch of guys were yeah. down on a bus here too. So yeah, they're in fucking Calgary. It pays good money. And they're both it, PRCA rodeos. It's in Washington, isn't it? I thought it was in Colorado Springs. Yeah. We, yeah we're really I think it's fucking during Calgary. What a dumbass time to do that. 
anyways, moving on. Sorry. We digress. We digress. Um, what else we got here? Uh, we got PBR Canada finals. Yeah, so great finals there. Huge crowd. Congrats to the PBR Canada champ. Dakota Butter wins 100 grand. Great for Dakota to get the win. Uh, breaks his collarbone on his last ride. It he only had it. He broke it like six weeks ago in Grand Prairie, and he turned out of the CFR and put all his eggs in the PBR Canada basket. But it worked out. He rode all four bulls. Man, there was a ton of rides. I think they set a record for the most rides at any PBR Canada event all season, just in Edmonton, like in in the whole world of the PBR. They rode like run ranked bulls too. Like in that, yeah. in that final round, they rode what like oh eight out of ten or seven out of ten. Like it was bizarre. and good bulls. Yeah. I remember talking to Blaine Fison after, and it was kind of, uh, what would I say? It was kind of, it was kind of crazy because we were talking about, he he mentioned, he's like, man, I think they were at 11 out of 12. What day was the finals? What day was the last day? The 18th. I'm just going to look because I'll be able to look look it up here. And like so, the old championship old round. One, yeah. two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine out of twelve. Holy fuck! That's insane. Yeah, they rode nine out of twelve bulls in the short go. Tyler Craig rode bull of the year, and yeah, from Jim Thompson. Man, yeah. congrats to Jim. I'm happy for Jim to go and get that, uh, get that buckle. That's pretty cool for for him to go and you know win PBR Canada Bull of the Year, which comes with a check for ten grand now. Yeah, and I I talked to Jim earlier this summer. Um, I was I was down here in Calgary and I was chatting with him on the phone and. And I said, is that bull in the, in the, in the contention for bull here? And he goes, Oh, he might be. And he goes, that'd sure be darn cool. And he was pretty humble about it. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. He's a guy that kind of has quietly gone about his business in the contracting game. And he's had some fantastic bulls and, and, uh, yeah, he had that bull. And I think he had another one that was in the, in that final round as well. That was really good too. So yeah. Time marches on the one Dakota road. Yeah. So pretty, pretty cool for, for all the contractors and yeah, especially for Jim to get that bull of the year. So. Pretty terrible song to try and play in the short round, though, Jim. Sorry, but I can't really <laughs> can't really throw that one in very often. But Tracy I gotta Lawrence. say, is that Tracy Lawrence time marches on? I think so. Like great song, just not a great song for the short round when your rank yeah. bull's about to go. There's yeah. some there's some bull names that really work out, but that one on on the music side, it's a little tricky. Yeah. Uh okay. I want to talk about Happy Camper retiring. That had to be one of my, well, my the highlights of the finals for me to see to get you know, for that bull to retire, he's always been great, but then buck off three-time champ of the world. Silvano Alves, can you last out? Like that was a pretty strong, strong finish. Yeah. That was a good way for, for happy to go. And, uh, and yeah. the fact that retired in contention for the bull of the year as well. Right. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Right amongst it. So yeah. Jared Parsons, there's four guys wrote all four bulls. Uh, Macaulay leather. That's a name to watch. I think that guy's going to do some damage in the big leagues too. The Australian guy. Yeah. Holy smokes. <laughs> Does some strong work. So yeah, just outstanding finals though in Edmonton. Uh the best one yet, most successful I, finals we've had yet. The PBR uh finals there in Edmonton. Gonna be interesting to see how both events go next year with the CFR and PBR Canada finals, you know, not too far apart in Edmonton at Rogers Place. But uh looking forward to seeing how it goes. Yeah. Um be a weekend earlier next year with the new with the new dates that were announced. So it'll be November yeah. is it eighth ninth next year, I think. So correct, yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be about six weeks after the CFR, five weeks after the CFR wraps up that the PBR mm -hmm. will will run. So I know lots of look like lots of folks from the, the rodeo world were were checking things out at Rogers on the weekend. So 
yeah, I think it'll be be good to see both these events and hopefully both be successful. Yeah, here's to hoping. It uh I'm it might take a couple of years, I think, for the crowd to come back to the CFR in Edmonton in the in the same capacity that they were that they were there. So yeah. uh the attendance attendance previously, and I think we talked about this lots before, but previously used to be like ninety thousand through six performances over five days. Uh pre like in Red Deer it's been about I want to say like forty to forty five maybe. So I think yeah. the goal for next year is about that 40, 45 number for next year in Edmonton. I'm totally guesstimating, but I thought I heard that number thrown up by somebody at one point. So yeah, and that, that's with one less perf too, right? So you're averaging yeah. like 9,000 9, over 5 yeah. yeah. So hopefully we get, uh, hopefully we get, get the big crowds and hopefully we, you know, hopefully both do really good. And we have record attendance at, you know, I guess maybe it won't be record attendance for CFR for a few more years, but uh, hopefully record attendance uh, for for the PBR Canada finals next year. And hopefully it's a big boost. Hopefully it's a, a, you know, a great CFR too. So we will see. Yep. Uh, in the meantime though, here's the interview this week. Uh, talk to, like I said before, Jared Parsonage, Jordan Hansen and Donnie Johansson. Uh, you get kind of two, two or three, you know, two different eras of, of bull riders here in the show. And one of part of our CFR uh, uh, interviews from this year's finals in Red Deer. And uh, we've got a few more of these throughout the winter that we'll roll through. Uh, got a couple more interviews that we're working on for this winter as well. But uh, enjoy the show here with uh, with Donnie, Joe, Jared, and uh, and Jordan. Thanks to my co-host, Dustin Edwards. Appreciate you doing this. And uh, see you all in a bit. Talk again. Sister cries out from her baby bed. Brother runs in, feathers on his head. Mama's in her room, learning how to sew. Daddy's drinking beer, listening to the radio. Hank William sings, Elijah and dear John. And time marches on. A 2016 Canadian champion bull rider, making his third trip to NFR, Jordan Hansen. And a uh, three-time Canadian champion, twice in the bull riding, once in the all-around. In the middle here, Mr. Jared Parsonage. And the uh, 1978 Canadian champion in the bull riding. And, uh, hey, it's the dates. I'm sorry. I'm just a stat guy, Don. I uh, I can't change what the date was. but uh, And same year won the George Ball, right? 79. And then what, NFR was 78 as well. Yeah. And the street boss at the CFR for at least 30 years. So Mr. Mr. Don Johansson on the far far right. So thanks everybody for being here today. Uh, it's kind of our bull riding show to get things get things going. But uh, um, so Don put on has put on schools for over 40 years. And I thought well, we were on the highway today, and uh, Don was going south, I was going north, and I was like, hey, do you want to come do the show today? You've probably been in the shoot with these guys before, or been shoot bossing them. So uh, I just want to talk about um, your experience with these two, these two guys, Donnie, and uh, and how great they've done uh, in their careers so far too. So let's we'll kick it off with you. Yeah, thanks, Ted. Maybe, but <laughs> no. Anyways, uh, it's great to be up here with these guys. They're great bull riders, and uh, you went to our steer riding school, and and did you go to the bull riding school too? You went to the steer riding school, and you went to two two steer riding schools and stuff, and. It's great to see these kids when you teach them at the school and you they're this big and they grow up to be as successful as they have been. It's uh, quite an honor. And, and uh, you know, for these guys to make it, like Jordan, I think you're the leader right now. And 
the next generations of bull riders, you going down, making the NFR and then getting Jared to go with you. It was, but it was like me when I was around, it was the Brian Claypool, the Bob Robertson, the John Dodds that got us down the road to make the NFR. And that's a great honor for both of you guys to keep it going because I know there's going to be some kids following your footsteps and it's the same with Zeke Thurston helping them young guys. And that's really important. And that's uh, a really, that's a good job. So do you remember these guys at the schools at all and knew that they were going to be good back then, Donnie, or what? Uh, no, neither one could ride where the shit. No, sorry. I, no, they rode good. <laughs> they rode good. Uh, but do I do remember. Yeah, for sure I do. Yeah, the kids. And Jared, what's your memory of going to the school, like back when you were in the steer ride? And I, I'm curious about that. What do you remember? Well, I don't know. Was, it was a total foreign thing to me. I wasn't supposed to be a bull rider, supposed to be a team roper, a cow roper, something like that. So going there and, you know, I knew who these guys were and like Johansson brothers and Donnie and what all they'd done. And yeah, it was, uh, I don't remember a whole lot. I hate to say, but that's going to be quite a whole growing power uh, that I just remember that being a kid wanting to ride steers and figured if you're going to figure out how to ride steers, that was the place to go and learned so much. I probably don't, didn't remember any of it, but I was gung-ho. Jordan, what about yourself? Yeah, same as Jared. You know, that's going to be a while ago, so uh, hard to remember all of it. But, yeah, definitely, um, obviously knew the Johansson name. Um, you know, they definitely had quite the legacy. So, um, you know, if I, I wanted to be a steer rider or I wanted to ride bulls, I knew that was the place to do it. So, um, but yeah, I, I remember I didn't stay on that good. I think Don's line a little bit saying that I rode good because I really didn't ride steers or the shit. But, um, was it the change to one hand for you? Well, I, I remember talking about this before, but... But the steer ride, like, yeah, it did not work real well for you, like you're saying. No, I, I, I tried for three solid years and never made even an amateur final. So, yeah, but as soon as I went one-handed, it was, yeah, night and day difference. And just getting on bulls, just bigger animals, it was, yeah, seemed a lot easier for me. Um, one of my first memories of Don was in the shoot in Pinoca. Like, I, I'd never been anywhere, never done nothing, and went showed up in Pinoca. And then I think you told me, like, hey, maybe you should come to the school uh, next year, because I hadn't even been to a school or nothing. I just showed up at Pinoco one year, but Donnie's in there in the shoot and helped me out and makes me wonder, like, what about you guys? Like, what's your memory of Don as a shoot boss, too? Start with you, Jared. Oh, I'm sure. How many yeah. times did he cuss you? I mean, I was going to say, I'm sure I got yelled at for sure for taking too long. I don't remember when that was. Probably first, uh, it must be when I was probably 18, going to pro rodeos, probably in Pinoca. Yeah, yeah I'm sure I was taking too long on Franklin Bull, and I was probably nervous on Franklin Bull, so... Yeah, I, that was probably one of my kind of, yeah, that was probably one of my last memories there, first memories. Oh, mine, I could probably be pretty general. I was probably pretty wide-eyed. I uh, When I came out here and started going, I'd never really been around, even in the steer ride in Elwest, West, never knew anybody and knew who Donnie was, and it was probably like Pinocchio, but I do remember that. Just like he knew who I was, and I was like, nah, he doesn't know who I was. The only reason he knows who I am is because he's seen my name on the program, <laughs> but that was pretty cool. <laughs> Well, I remember, I remember the that time. I remember going there, and I got a re-ride, and Donnie already had my rope hung on the cow, and I ran over to the chute, jumped on. He was like, "Okay, sit up," and he was like, "Getting me to like sit up on your rope and do this and that." And I was like, "Okay, all right, cool." And then just like jump out and actually stay on one. It was kind of a bit of a surprise, but I was what? What about uh, um, to talk about the schools a little bit, Don? And like, and what did you guys? What made you guys ever want to start those? And how did that happen? Was it kind of family first, or? What, what what happened with the schools to, for them to get going? Well, actually, it started for, with me, uh, Winston Bruce, um, Ernie Marshall, and uh, John uh, Scott. 
Had a, and so Ernie's cool. rodeo clown. Yeah. John Scott is the like movie yeah. uh, uh, horse stuntman, right? Yeah. And two guys. And Winston Bruce's Calgary Stampede. Yeah. And two guys from the Calgary Stampede wanted to put a steer riding school on Calgary Stampede. And so I went to it and then I learned. And then my younger brothers were learning. And then we started putting them on and started back in 73. And, uh, and now you've passed it on to Jesse and uh, and like Jesse Torkelson and Scott Schiffner, both Canadian champions as well. Yeah, and they're doing it now, and it's going. And we've learned a lot of things over the years how to teach it. And uh, you know, it's um, it's reading the kids. You know, each kid's different, and you got to read them right when to boost them up, when to set them down. And what do you think about me when I was at the schools? Uh forgot to ask that one. Just, yeah, well, there wasn't a counselor in uh, Balzac at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that why it turned out like this? <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's reading the kits and right. The stock's the number one thing. I don't care what it says on your buckle. If you don't have the right stock for a school, you can't put on a good school. You got to have the right stock. Um, Jordan, uh, I wanted to ask you about. Donnie mentioned it. How you were going back to the uh, like one of the first guys. It was, I think it was two thousand one, right? Before you made it in two thousand. 16 17 uh 17 was 17 so there was a huge gap though for like 16 years where where nobody from canada made the finals and that year there were there was uh three in 2001 but this is also the first year where both of you guys made it together which is which is pretty awesome no these two yeah first time they've made it together because jared went on his own last year and jordan you were on your own in 19 so yeah. jared's second time this year and your third and yeah. but you get to go together which is which is awesome like it's cool that you guys get to both, both make it at the same year but uh, what was it like for you to be the first one go to go after such a big long gap? Uh, you know, I was I was kind of surprised that it, it took that long. You know, there's a lot of really good guys that um, you know, went down there. But I think you know, who, who was close in that in that gap? I'm trying to think of who was like I know Pauzy was pretty close a couple of years, but just never like didn't quite get the full season in. Yeah, like, not who else was close. Like, I'm Turner and Turner and Scott. Yeah, I was 16th a couple of times. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I think Schiffner actually ended up 16 three times. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah, so he was he was close, and you know I'm sure there's a few other guys that you know made a run for it. Just you know a couple guys just never did quite get there, I guess. But, Sorry, go back to the question I interrupted you. Yeah. What was it like to be the first guy? To, and what and more so, I was kind of wondering what the motivation was to go do it down there. Because you had already been, uh, you'd already been in the PBR shows and already had success in Canadian rodeo, but, but what was the motivation to go on the PRCA side? Uh, you know, just growing up, um, uh, it was always a always a goal, always a dream to be at the NFR, and um, you know, had had a little bit of success, and you know, um, had made the Canadian finals, and that was just kind of the next one on my list was to make the NFR, um, you know, and you know, Red Bulls for a living, you know, and that was, that was to. To make the most money, that, that seemed to be the place to do it. So, you know, I guess I'm a little more wooden-headed than some. I just kind of kept doing it until I finally did make it. Um, you mentioned making a living riding bulls. So you do, like you guys both do compete in the PBR and in the in the PRCA, uh, but more so only in the PBR events in Canada lately. And th there's a pretty good amount of money that I can win. Like, Jared, you won 30-some thousand at the finals last year in Edmonton, I think, right? And now there's a hundred thousand dollar bonus if a guy can make all the events next year. I, I don't know what all is going to be going on, but like, you guys are both like you're pretty close in contention for Edmonton in a couple of weeks too for a hundred grand. Yeah, no, um, they're they're really making it hard to leave Canada. Actually, um, you know, with all the money up here anymore, it's 
it's uh it's easy to get comfortable and stay home to be honest um but no it, it is awesome you know to win have a chance to win a hundred thousand it's a uh, you know big for everybody um jared i remember last year uh the nfr it, it didn't go great for you like i just kind of want to ask you about how how that went what the week was like for you and what you know like to the, it's probably a huge motivator to get back this year oh yeah i but well to be honest with you i've not never been a very good one at leaving home hate leaving home and that's kind of why i've never done it until last year just kind of in a position to where i had to go kind of thing and don't regret it one bit and it didn't go good there's no doubt about that and you know it can either make you do one thing you either throw your sucker in the dirt and quit or get mad and it kind of you know frustrated me and i knew i could do better so i was like you know what i'm gonna go again this year probably if i'd have done good there last year i'd have never won again this year so i did good i wanted to go again and say hey i can do that again and i guess it worked out so I got to go ask Don now too, because I remember telling you tell me a story about going to the finals and it was, it was a different experience. And that was, that was in Oklahoma city at the time too, wasn't it? In 78. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But it was a totally like, it got, like you said, your nerves were all off and like, it really messed it, with you a bit, right? It's like anything, you know, it's just like when you're go to your first amateur finals, you're nervous, right? You go to your first CFR, like the first two CFRs I bucked off my first bowl. <laughs> and then I rode the rack, you know, and then it went on from there. But you, you get that nervous. So you walk down in that building and you're with the top guys of the world and it's it's nervous and it's it's gonna be great for you two guys being together. I'll guarantee if anybody's gonna get in anybody in the draft, I'd pick one of these two guys because with the two of them together, because it is nervous. Like I lost uh just about seven pounds when I went to the NFR. <laughs> I was so nervous I didn't eat. And that was before it was even in Vegas. Like, he wasn't even drinking. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's, uh, my body handled it. But when I was done, my mind, I was wore out. I was done. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. When you go home, because every night you walk into that dressing room, you're getting on a rank ball, and it just men mentally wore me out. Like I said, my body was good. Just my mind was beat for about a month after. Oh, for sure. Like, I, I can, yeah, like Donnie says, he's totally right. Like, I'd been to the PBR World Finals before that, and it felt nothing like the NFR did. It felt like I was going to, you know, the something way smaller at the NFR growing up. I think any Western sports fan in the world can probably agree with me that the NFR is the epitome of Western sports, leaps and bounds at the time, like what goes on there in Vegas and the hype around those yellow bucking shoots and that yellow arena and everything. And I don't care. I don't care what event you grow up in. If you watch or are part of it, you want to go and be there and, kind of thing so yeah it's a different ball game what uh sorry you guys have something seemed like you wanted to say something there Jared. Oh, no donnie any advice for these guys going back again i know they've already been there on their own oh before just, but... just have fun yeah I, i'm not kidding you that's that's uh the thing i did have fun but i needed to loosen up you know what i mean like a little bit and that's the thing i'd just go down there just like it's going anywhere else and just have fun. And with the two of you together, it's going to make a huge difference. I'll guarantee you, you guys are going to do good. What about the uh, the Canadian Bulls uh, this year? I saw that Nansen had about five, is that right, going down to the finals? Or how many did he have? Four. 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 Yeah. Okay. I think I'm, first alternate is one of his, too. Yeah, I think. Okay. So, yeah. What was the bull picking like? It's kind of nice to have both of you guys there to know a lot of the bulls up here. Well, well, I, I'm curious. You're kind of smirking there to do a lot. So maybe just story. pull him around. Well, 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 it's a complete shit show is what it is. Is it? <laughs> There's too many bulls and we know 
strictly the Canadian bulls. That is about it. So we just sit there quietly until the Canadian contractors come up, and then they look at us and take our opinion. We just say take all of them, but they yeah. do. But like all jokes aside, you know, we're pretty fortunate in Canada. It's come a long ways and always has been. There's a good, good set of bulls up here, and they really show an handsome bull. It takes all them bulls to the northwest in the fall, and that's the pen you want to be in. There's no doubt about it. And it's, uh, it's proven in the numbers they got to the NFR and stuff like that. There's, you know, they're consistent. They're big, strong, and buck, and we're pretty lucky up here. we got a good set of bulls. Which... Uh... Who else has a few? I, I I didn't see the list lately. And I don't remember, but who else has got a couple going down there? From, From up here. Mox uh, has got three. Three. All oh, right, on. Yeah. Did you see the list too, Don? Yeah. Kessler's got, Kessler's got two. 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 Yep. Yeah. One, is one of them the Bull of the Year from up here too? There. Kessler. Yeah. Kessler kit. Um, and I'll be out the Devil's Advocate. Would that be the other one? That's the other big one. White. Yeah. 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 That's that's the most there's been in, you know, quite a few years for sure. I'd, yeah. Um, you both, uh, I guess the year you won Calgary, that, that didn't help you get to the finals, did it? It sure helped you this year though, Jared, did it? For that, for a bunch of that money to count, eh? Yeah, it helps. I wish it would all counted. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's too bad. What it took and, uh, what it takes now to get to the NFR. I think I counted 37,000 out of there and, you know, the bottom guy had 128,000. It doesn't really yeah. sound like that much. Or like, you know, I had 141 this year. So it made a big difference, but it dang sure takes some big hits. I would have gladly took the extra 25,000 in September. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been a lot less miles for you. Less, less stress. Time. Yeah, less stress. <laughs> it, like, you guys both had a lot won, but, it, like, it, you were never really in until, like, the last, what, couple weeks, essentially? When did you guys feel like you were in for sure? Oh, uh, I know. October 1st. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, you, you never do feel safe until October 1st. Um, I I, I felt a little more safe, I guess, than, than Jerry did. Just, I... After Ellensburg Extreme Bulls, and then uh, made some Peloton Extreme Bulls. I think after that, well, I was obviously comfortable enough because I went home. I was <laughs> I got run over by five of the last seven bulls I got on. I was kind of sick of bull riding at that point, oh, so geez. I went home. I said, "Sorry, Jared, you're on your own for the last four weeks here." But uh, he's left me stranded for the last five years, so I, I figured it's better. Um. So, what's it been like though for you guys to both be down there together and 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 have the like have success together down there, but but get to travel with each other. Like it's gotta be gotta be a bonus because there was years where you were by yourself, like you just mentioned, five yep. years on your own. <laughs> um, but now you did I hear that Koi is with you guys too a little bit? Is that right, or is that only here? Or where? Yeah, where is he, he's with us until we start beating him, and then Oops. he started staying in Canada. Okay, I hope he is here listening somewhere because I I give him shit for that in person too. <laughs> it is it's funny how it worked. Uh, he was winning, and we do get a couple big tour rodeos. We get close to him in the standings. Then he wouldn't come the next weekend. He'd go to all the Canadian rodeos. Then he'd get ahead, and then oh. I got some room, so then he'd come again, and we'd catch him, and then he'd leave again. Next thing you know, he's like, "I'm not entering no more with you guys." Really? Yeah. But he. So would he have had a chance to get like to make it too, or did he just did he kind of give up on it earlier? Did he spend much time with the PBRs or no up here? Like, what's the what like, you say? I he wasn't uh, consistently coming all year. Um, I I think he he could have had a chance. Some other took a, a couple big hits for sure, but um, you know, he still ended up. Yeah, like around 30, 30 years, you know, like, yeah, you know, like he, a year. he still did good for, for the amount that he came down for sure. Uh, I think if there was another solid month of him coming, you know, he, you know, might've stood a chance actually. And, you know, there's a couple other ones like Colorado Springs. He, he didn't end up going to that, you know, that could have been a big hit for sure as well. Okay. So. That goes back to 
like uh, the guys pushing it a little bit. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I had Bob Robertson and when I was hot, he would say, he would just start entering and I'd jump on him and he wouldn't come with me. He wasn't winning as much. And I'd be going to Diamond, Oklahoma by myself. Didn't know a clue who was down there, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's that guy pushing you like Brian Claypool. Those guys would push you a little bit more to get you going. And sometimes just think you need that person or that edge to push somebody to keep them going, you know? Yeah. Oh, big time. I agree. I think like, you know, Coyle is, he did super good. Every time he come down there, he won a, what did really well. And he's going to do very successful. There's no doubt about it already and stuff. And I think that's something like we've seen in our career, like me and Jordan going together all these years now. If one guy's doing good, it's like, well, I need to be doing that good too. And it's kind of, I think probably I've done a lot to make each other better through the years of just like, you know, you're only as good as the guy you're with. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, it's kind of, it's a big part of it. That's for sure. Oh, your traveling partners, once you hit a certain level in the, the sport, your traveling partner will make you take it that next step above. Yeah. Who, who did you travel with the most, Don? Who were some of your favorite traveling partners oh. when you were going? Well, like Bob Robertson, Brian Claypool. Like Brian was fearless. You know, he was just fearless. Like and and uh so they just they kept you going to the rodeos and entering you and, and making you good. And uh like I always say, you 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 travel with winners, you become a winner. <laughs> if you travel with a loser, you become a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take long. You don't want to take long. It happens real fast. But like over the years, honestly, and, and it's been said by other rodeo athletes too, that uh, your traveling partners probably, you know, what, after you hit that level is number one. Yeah. Yeah. And you do have to live with them too. So you, you better damn sure get along with them because yeah, you're, you're going to see them a lot more than your, your family, family really. So oh, yeah. Like I grew up with Steve Dunham, you know, <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> you know. Um, what is, what is travel like for you guys right now? Like you guys both have young kids at home. Jared, you got another one on the way here too for the winter. Congrats on that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. No, I we're both on the same program and well, it's always been that way. Been together for a long time here traveling. So we're on the same program. We're, you know, we're not the guys that spend two days hanging out just to go at the lake or anything like that. If we got a chance to get home, we're in a hurry to get home and get home, see the family for a few days, whatever it may be. And yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's a business, but then at the same time. Part of that's keeping yourself happy at home too. So it's a big, it's a big part. I think I can say that for both of us to get home. So how many days is it like on the road or back home as far as things like Donnie, when, when you were going, like you went and you were gone for like six months, like you barely got home. Yeah. Like I, I lived out of there. It's at, at one point, like Bob and them guys are retired and I was going down there. I lived out, uh, which falls calls, which fall call. Falls, Texas, and then I lived out at Kimball, Nebraska with Lonnie Wyatt, who went to the NFR, because I had no one to go home, so I was gone a lot. Like, uh, I just zip home for the bigger Canadian rodeos and then back down and stay down there. I lived out of Dallas for two months, and it was harder when you didn't have a partner, you know? Yeah. But for you guys now, like, are you parking a truck sometimes? Are you riding a car? Are you, like, always driving? Are you, like... There's got to be a mix of flying a little bit. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. I see you guys when I see you, but I don't know what the logistics are otherwise right now. Yeah, well, we hate flying, so we usually try to avoid that at all costs. I mean, don't get me wrong. Why, why do you hate flying? We don't like people, mainly. Okay. Confined spaces with people we don't like. Yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, it's the people at airports. Will yeah, that's the airport yeah, people, people at airports okay. is more. Yeah. I get it now. I know yeah. what you mean. But so you're driving as much as you can. 
Yeah, I, I mean, for last year, we, we drove the truck and truck and camper down for Fort Worth, and uh, then we, we just parked it down there, and then it we didn't bring it home till after Houston, I guess. So, you know. But then you are flying back in a little bit. Yeah, so then flying It's back. easy. It's direct from Houston or... Yeah, a direct flight from Calgary to Houston, so it's that's not, it's not too bad, you know. And when you got layovers in Denver every weekend, then it really sucks. But, um, you know, that that's what, something we did last year. But, you know, summer and fall year, we didn't hardly fly at all. Obviously, Jerry did a little bit here this this end of the season, trying to get from California to Texas to Arkansas and everything in between. But, yeah, we, we usually try to drive as much as we can. We, you know, we, we bought a truck together actually this year in, in April, and I think we put what, about 60000 on it from April till – well, I guess September, but yeah, try to drive ideally. And then with, I think a big part of it, well, you could probably back in like your career, the rodeos up here in Canada are all like, for the most part are Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're Sunday performances and all the big rodeos in the Northwest don't have a Sunday performance or in like, I don't know if there's any in Utah with Sunday performances, not really not nothing in Utah. So you can start your week that works like, I know it sounds crazy, but I live closer to Salt Lake than I do to Grand Prairie. So it's easy for us like to come from home and like drive and, you know, we'll go there, make a little loop down, however, up around the Northwest and finish our weekend and up here in Canada for a couple of rodeos Sunday after a Sunday, one o'clock perf, go home, spend Monday at home, say like Tuesday night, head out, hit the road and start down there Wednesday and make a little circle and you get a day or two at home and get refreshed and yeah, you can't beat that. And so both of you guys home, uh, Amist for you now, uh, Jordan, which has been like four Three and a half, three and a half years. Yep, yeah, before or four years of spring. Yep, and up kind of close by Sarah's family. Yeah, yeah, about a half hour drive from from her folks. So yeah, yeah, that was that was one of the, the you know the bigger reasons to move out there. Um, just for how much I'm gone, or you know, uh, now having the kids and everything, it, it was a big help for her. You know, I, I felt awfully guilty leaving her with a bunch of Brahma cows at that too, with with no help. So, um, having our family close, it's it's been awesome. And so, and because both of you guys are ranching at home and you got, like you say, you got a bunch of cows at home and like, same for you too, Jared, like you guys are both ranching during the week and kind of during the winter, like who's looking after everything while you guys are gone too? Yeah, I'm more of a hobby rancher. Oh, hobby rancher. I, let's see, I, I don't make much money on it. Um, you know, I, I try to set it up to, you know, to for them to be fairly self-sufficient, you know, put out a bunch of feed, let them bail graze, and obviously, but Sarah, no, I, I couldn't do it without her. She's, you know, she's got two kids now in the tractor with her doing chores and everything. So, yeah, no, she's, no, she's, uh, she's the superstar of that for sure. Yeah, but Jerry, he's got a few more cows to take care of than I do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't, I'm pretty lucky. It's a family outfit, so, you know, I've been there for, I guess, I don't know, I'm, the fifth generation kids the sixth and been there for quite a while so yeah dad mom and dad were living in the same yard and, and stuff so like during the winter it's just pretty easy that way and then i've been lucky i say this my grandparents are still there my grandpa he'll be 90 years old in december here and we put up a bunch of feed and stuff and he'll spend five six hours in the tractor all all the time and stuff like that so i'm lucky and mom and dad are rodeo people grew up around it and big supporters of it and and they really, you know, there's never, never don't go, nothing like that. I feel guilty sometimes, but at the end of the day, it'll get done. And, you know, lucky with tall Sarah at home, she takes care of everything, the kids and stuff. So, yeah, pretty lucky that way. And at the end of the day, the ranch will always be there. You know, work will eventually get done. Sometimes you wonder when, but it does get done. 
Well, your kids are going to give it back to you. Be doing the same thing. It goes in a big circle. I'm lucky I got girls. At least they'll take care of me. Oh, I, those bill racers, they don't cost much. <laughs> um, They're real cheap. <laughs> Johnny, I wanted to ask about uh, just like if these guys, they probably know a bit of the story, but like you want more money at the George Paul than you did at the NFR. Like things have things really changed on what the NFR pays now and the CFR compared to when you competed to when when they are now like these guys got it a lot better i think than than you had it as far as payout went well all right it it paid uh 585 to win around five now i held the most points record there for quite a few years of six bowls and i think i won uh i don't know like what 4200 wasn't it no in the cfr i won uh i think it was 2400 or something like that and then i went to the nfr and if i took my same places i figured it out a few years ago if i took my i won the total that year i won 4800 dollars between the nfr and cfr or 5200 and if i took the same places here about five years ago i'd win uh hundred eight thousand dollars <laughs> but mind you, my truck only cost me $4,800. So, yeah, you guys bought a truck, it probably cost you 40 or 50 grand. Yeah, I'll keep putting zeros on that. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And hotel rooms were a lot cheaper, you know, mm. everything. It was a lot cheaper, but still, it's great to see, you know what I mean? And it treated me good. It's like anything else, you know, you treat the sport with respect, it'll treat you back with respect. And, and, uh, I did well off it. I was great. I'd never change it. Like Don said, I was just, you know, like, I think that's neat. What he said there, you treat their sport with respect and it'll treat you back with respect. I, I think, you know, I got wife and kid. That's how I met my wife and family and friends and everybody else and all these connections. I think you can resonate that, like to what you do for a living now and what you've been through and the friends you have that a lot of this comes from rodeo. It's just not the money and all that stuff. There's a lot of other stuff that comes from this and like that said, I think that's a pretty good saying. Treat it with respect, and it'll treat you back with respect. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I can't really hardly talk with these guys saying, but you know, the memories and the friends. You know, I, I, I don't think you can hardly put a price on all that throughout the years. You know, the money's great and all, and it helps pay the bills. But uh, you know, when we're old and crippled here at one point, uh, you know, we might not have money, but we will have stories. <laughs> um, so Canadian finals, the 49th edition here in Red Deer. Um, Don, you're here for a couple of days. You guys are obviously here for the week, but uh, let's start with you and work our way down. Just what you guys are looking most forward to this week. Um, maybe it's a bullet you're hoping to draw or just being here at the finals, but Don, let's start with you. I just hope everybody has a good rodeo, you know, and nobody gets hurt, no stock gets hurt or anything else, just a good, good rodeo and everybody ride with their best ability, you know, and that's uh try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I for, I didn't mention it earlier, but uh, but Don's a member of the Hall of Fame. Uh, went in in 2005, is that 11? 2011 Hall of Fame inductee, but also part of the Strathmore Stampede Committee. What's it been like being on the committee side after competing for so long? Would you have done things differently well, as a contestant if uh, people on well, committee earlier? No, yes or no, but when you're on that side, you see it. You know, like... Uh, it's like anything else. Uh, you don't realize the work that everybody does on a committee. You know, like uh, years ago, they used to make you, if you wanted to make the CFR, you had to judge two rodeos. Oh, really? Yeah, if you didn't judge the rodeo, or there was a PRCA. Really? Yeah, to make the NFR, you had to judge two rodeos. 
Really? And if you didn't judge, you had to pay for the judge. If they hired a judge. So did Donnie Gay ever judge or just pay the guy? He just paid the guy. And I judged one rodeo. and Hated it. I didn't hate it. I just, I can't afford to lose too many friends. And I think I lost a few of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, I'm judging ain't my thing. I can't afford to lose any more friends. <laughs> Going back to this week, Jared, talk about just what you're, what you're looking forward to. Yeah, I guess I just, I don't know. I look forward to the whole week. It's, you know, it's a great opportunity. It's uh, something, all this stuff in the fall is what we work towards all year. So, you know, every time, especially I think as you get older and stuff, you realize how fortunate you are to be here and, you know, the opportunities that are ahead and, you know, the chances there is to win lots of money. And, you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just, yeah, it's exciting to get a chance at this every year. And hopefully you hope every year when you start here, you get to be here. So it's cool to be here. Yeah, you know, uh, same for me. Um, you know, like Jared said, you know, we, we worked for it all year. And, uh, you know, you kind of, like you say, you get a little older, you don't take it for granted as much. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to be here, you know, all the, the money up and everything. And, you know, just looking forward to, you know, ride to the best of your ability and, you know, um, you know, have your close friends, them doing the same. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of great guys here, a lot of great bulls. So, you know, just looking forward to great great week of bull riding. The, uh, the last couple of weeks, we were Saskatoon last weekend, I guess. You guys were out there. Medicine Hat, you uh, won the show. You won Friday in Saskatoon as well. But uh, is this kind of a – how does this time of the year compare to earlier in the season? Like before you're gone most of the week, you're, like you say, Jared, you're leaving on, on Tuesday, getting back Sunday night, maybe late, early Monday morning. But these last couple of weeks, it's kind of been like go for a couple days, like go for two days, go for one day. It's kind of this had to be it has to be a little bit of a slower part of the year, kind of leading into these finals. Is that right, or or am I kind of mix, missing a few shows in the here in in the in the meantime? Well, I don't know what you'd think, but this last couple of weeks, I don't even hardly feel like I'm a bull rider. Yeah, I don't know. On every uh, other weekend. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a big change of pace for sure compared to, you know, you go through August, you know, in, in 30 days, I bet you get on 26 bulls, uh, give or take, in 24 places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and you're not home at all in August. Right. Not very, no, I mean, not very much. A couple, like in one or two nights. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. So that it is nice. You know, it's nice being home. I, I'm sure Jerry probably agree with me. It's, it's definitely nice being home. Um, get your stuff done a little bit too. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, the body gets a little beat up too, you know, through well, the summer in the fall. That was kind of my point. Like your body kind of has to heal. Like you're only getting on, on a couple more bull, like a couple of bulls compared to, Seven a week, you're getting on two, but sorry, go ahead, Don. Yeah, I think the body, yes, but I think it's more the mind. Yeah. You get tired, you want to go home. You know what I mean? You sort of know what. Yeah. You know what, when it's time to go home, you had enough. You're not putting effort in. But I think it's more the mind that needs a break than the, the body. Yeah. Most times. Yeah, I think, especially when the body's hurting, your mind is shutting down right behind it. Like this, even for me in Pendleton this year, like I said, I, I was pretty banged up, got run over a bunch and, you know, wore out. And I, I, yeah, I pretty much just made the decision of I'm flying home and I just, yeah, I need a break pretty much. So, yeah, I don't, I like, I, I can say I was fortunate this fall stayed pretty healthy. I think my body was probably as good or better than, you know, getting on every day. I was in really good bull riding shape, but my mind had had enough by the end yeah. of it. It was time. Like I. I don't know. I guess I got a question for Donnie. I'd like that. You ever keep track of how many bulls you got on every year? And you're like some of those years. Yeah. Well, the one year there, I, I entered 132 rodeos 
that back then you'd go, it was going the more road he was. I entered 132 and I went to uh, 118 rodeos. So like with yeah. some of those big winter ones, 140, 50 bulls. Oh yeah. Like, you know, you, you it'd be a, a three, a six header at Fort Worth or Puyallup was right. like a four header. Like he lived in Denver cause you got on down here every third day, you got on a bull in Denver, you know, in Fort Worth and them. And, uh, yeah, you just got on a pile of bulls. Yeah. I think that's something like, well, we can all probably speak to that being down, going down there and being up here, the guys in Canada forgetting like the bronc riders that go down there and all that. How many, how many bulls you get on? Like, I got a ton of respect for those top guys down there, the amount of bulls they get on every year. You know, you come up here, you go to 30 rodeos and you're 20 PBRs, 25. So you get on 40 bulls at the PBRs, 30 at the rodeos, maybe 70 through the year, 75. Well, I know I'm at like 115, 120, probably about 120 before this week starts and stuff so there's quite a few bulls that buck pretty hard left in the year yeah. and i think like jordan you're probably comparable we're in the we've done the same thing all year so i think a guy i don't know i got a ton of respect for the guys that do that now having done that and like what it takes to get on that amount of bulls like you say back these guys didn't have the same sports med or all that stuff we had in the miles and i know their 4800 pickup trucks was not quite as fancy as this hundred thousand dollar <laughs> one that's sitting out here so <laughs> the miles were maybe a little rougher too and stuff like that so i think that's pretty darn cool what donnie said about getting on all those bulls i i agree yeah that's for us yeah i mean the what i think we both entered around 90 90 rodeos something like that obviously i turned out quite a few here turned out lots too but yeah i mean sometimes we you know i look at this the truck we got and like oh geez you know i wish it had this and that but I couldn't imagine driving doing that amount of driving in a forty eight hundred dollar pickup. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was probably nice at the time. Yeah, it, it very well could have been. I guess when you don't know any different, that's it. Yeah, probably a nice AM radio. Yeah, yeah, cassette for our cassette player. <laughs> Window air conditioning. Yeah. yeah. So how how are you guys feeling right now? And then going into this week, it's a big week. You got at least six. You know, hopefully no rerides. Hopefully just. Can ride your six bulls and and do well. Uh, then we two weeks we got Edmonton, and then it's kind of like a three week break. What what a you know what I kind of I'm curious about that three week break. What's what does that look like for you guys? Like you're already saying you don't feel like a bull rider getting on like two or three a weekend. Where there you're probably going to have a bit of a break there, right? Like a, you're probably not going to any. You know, go, sorry, go ahead, Don. But uh, you guys go to the practice pen between here and then, or do you not? Well. Yeah, I don't know. Last year for me, every, the way everything filled in, didn't have much of a break because the CFR was a week later and then the PBR finals filled in. There was only 10 days off. But I've kicked it around and I don't know, we've talked about it. We know the rodeo coach pretty good there at Olds College. So I think, you know, it depends how, it, how it's all shaken out and if a guy's healthy and everything. To go get on a couple, like Nance and Bull treats us pretty good and get on a couple pulls a buck pretty hard and get freshened up a week before might not be a bad idea. Yeah, rather than going in with, with nothing, like just kind of taking a couple weeks off, you'd rather get on another one there is what you're saying. Yeah, I think if you, especially like you said, if you're healthy and like things haven't, say these couple weeks don't really go how you think they should or something like that, might not hurt to go sharpen the tools a little bit. But if things all go well, would you just roll in or would you still get on one? Like I'm I'm kind of trying to be, feel out what you're all there. I'll be feeling it out too. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, I'm the same as Jared, I mean. If uh, if you're feeling good and you know, say you're say you ride all your bulls, it's uh, 
you know, I, I don't know how bad I'd really want to, I guess, just to, to drive the olds to get on some, but, um, you know, if it's something you need, if there's some things you couple, I need to fix a couple tools and, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, damn sure we might be calling some friends to, to run some bulls in, but. Okay. I was curious though. Cause I, I just, I wanted to know what, uh, like what, where your thoughts were. Cause it's, you know, I, I remember I never rode that good, but I felt like when I was getting on lots, I was doing better. And it sounds like that's kind of what, what it is for you guys too, in some capacity. Like if you're only getting on one a week and if you fall off one, then you'll get on another one for 10 days. It doesn't seem right. Does it? It seems like he, like, I, I don't know about Jared, but it seems like he kind of, it's always turns into a last minute decision. Like, you know, a little bit probably be after Edmonton see how things feel, you know, yeah. you know, see what bulls are available too. you know, I guess see what ones they'll let us get on too. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to give Nance and a couple cases of beer that, um, yeah, I, I think it'll probably just be on things you play by ear and, you know, see how you're feeling. I think probably like what Donnie can speak to, I think probably a lot of it has to do with your mind. Yeah. If you're feeling confident and, you know, you can walk around the house and you're, you know, I, whatever you, you feel confident and feel like you're riding good and you think you know what it should be like, or you're just like, ah, you know, I didn't ride very good away from my hand or, you know, I had trouble with this or that. Well, you might want to go get on a couple of bulls. It just probably depends a lot on your, most of I think most of it probably comes down to your mind. What was it like for you, Don? What did you do? Well, I, I, I like to practice Ben, but then if I didn't, I, I'd really work out hard. I found that if I worked out hard during that time, I didn't, wasn't going to go to the practice pen. I felt my body was keener and it keened my mind up. I felt good. So being in good shape makes your mind think. So I, did, I if I wasn't getting in the practice pen, I'd be working out as hard as I could. I think, but well, like you said, a lot of it, when you get to this stage, we're all good bull riders. You know, it probably comes down to the thing between your ears. Yeah. Oh, it's, and it's whatever you do to keep that thing fired up and ready to go is so, probably yeah. important. And what are you doing? What, what are some of your things that you are doing? Well, that's top secret. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, for, for me, it's most of a, just a confidence thing. And this, like, I've always been one, my big thing I've always done at home is drive horse bareback, stuff like that. Oh, okay. I, like, that's basically, that's how I taught myself how to ride bulls a lot of ways. Riding my horse bareback, I could, heck, I can ride one out. It's a real good brand. That's just kind of been it. If I get up on my knees, keep my knees bent, sit square, and you have good timing and rhythm with that, just kind of like riding a bull. And that's going to make the difference with you two guys too. communicate and go into the NFR. You're going to feed off each other. And that's, that's another one. Like yeah. working out. It's, uh, that's what comes between you two. Yeah. No, like, I mean, we, our, our wives, our wives probably get sick of it, but even though we don't travel together, we still talk damn near every day. So they ain't wrong with that. But yeah, like having each other there in Vegas, it'll be, it'll make it easy. You know, like, uh, we definitely call each other out when one screws up so it's uh you know hold each other accountable so um you know if it keeps keeps your mind fresh to it it's a big help and, that, and that's that's the thing that helped us out me and my brothers we didn't make excuses right like i'd come back and say he rubbed me on the gate and bruce would say oh or jack would say oh he didn't even touch you on the gate you <laughs> looked at the ground <laughs> yeah there's no excuses made up and yeah. that's like you just said you know what i mean you didn't you gotta give the guy a hack when he does you yeah. know yeah. if you start making excuses you're not going nowhere yeah <laughs> you gotta call him a loser when they when it needs to be said yeah yeah sounds like the award that uh you guys give out in the dressing room 
for whoever's to, whoever has to bring beer. That was probably something invented by Don back in the day. Oh, it, it might have. That might have started. Uh, there's a good chance, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, one more thing I just was thinking about. Jordan haven't been there, and, and you had success at the finals. Uh, won a couple rounds at the NFR. Uh, what was your advice to Jared coming in when he made his first appearance uh, last year? Uh, you know, I I didn't have a lot for him. You know, I know he's, like like you were saying earlier, we're, we're kind of on the same program. And I know there was a little added pressure the first round because the pranks to fall, for the rookies to fall off the first one. Yeah, it's not really bad. So I said, whatever you do, do not fall off the first one. And he, he did ride the first one. So that, I think my next piece of advice when things weren't going his way is you might have to pretend there's more pranks or something. <laughs> you know, you rode the first one really good. It just didn't work out. A lot of guys rode really good bulls. But, um, you know, you kind of have to have a short memory when um, when things are going the best. Um, you know, he, he definitely knows he, he's more than capable. You know, it's uh, it's it's just one of those places. There's a lot of pressure. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure from a lot of people. You know, everyone thinks they're a rodeo coach all of a sudden that you see in Vegas that week. You know, everyone you don't really even know, they all of a sudden they know to ride bulls better than you and they're damn sure. They're like showing you in the trade show. Yeah, if you just did one of Exactly. Yeah, yeah. there's no shortage of that. So, <laughs> you know, you, you got to tell people to piss off a little bit and sometimes. But, um, you know, you, like I said, you kind of have to have a short memory and, uh, you know, take the you got to take the good from everything. You know, even though if you fall off one, there's there still might have been something good about it. So, you know, you got to, you know, take the good out of the bat. Okay, Jared, I, I want to ask you before we go here uh, about the all-around side of things. That probably became less of a priority when the NFR became a higher priority. I'm just I'm making an assumption, but... Yeah, uh, you know, that's something I might take a rip at again here later on. And now that they have Kenny McLean and the high point and all that stuff, try and get him. I, I grew up, my dad, was, my dad team roped and Mumbrell raced and heck, we roped. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was a team roper and a calf roper and all through high school went to college and i don't know if anybody thought i was going to come back a bull rider and stuff so team roping's a big part of big part of my life and everything and don't calf rope anymore bull riding and calf roping don't go hand in hand very good calf roping takes a lot of athletic ability and bull riding's really hard on the limbs so it's not it's tough but i think it's something maybe i'll pursue especially with the jackpot world we you know the world series and all them giving away all that money and that's something I'll definitely spend a lot of time doing here in the future. Awesome. Um, Donnie, anything for these guys before they head into these next few weeks, all, all these finals? Try hard and have fun and, and look after each other. That's the most important thing, really. Yep. It's the two of you guys are going to make you both successful. And I said that right from the top. Yep. Yep. And I know when I travel with guys like that, boy, it's fun and you're going. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Don. Okay, well, best of luck to you guys this week and uh, in Vegas. Look forward to watching all along. Once again, Jordan Hansen, Jared Parsons, Donnie, Donnie Johansson, thanks for being here, everybody. Stop, thanks for drive, shut on down, open up shop singing. Oh, no, that's a rough riders roll. I'm going down, down, baby. Yo, street in a range over street, sweep a baby cock, ready to let it go. Shimmy, shimmy, coke and wood, listen to the pound. Light it up and take a puff, pass it to me now. I got that wood grain with the leather seeds. I got the window so dark, you need a flashlight to see me. Smoking on that doja, four of my buddies in the back screaming, no limit soldiers. One, two, three, and the four. Still, doggy, doggy, doggy. Well, thanks everybody for making that one work this week. Um, appreciate Jared and Jordan and Don for doing the show. We are actually, uh, we're actually going to 
spend some time with Don and Phoenix here uh, this coming week. Once the once the show's out, we're gonna leave on Monday morning on the fourth and head down there for a while. Go to the NFR for a little bit and uh, then come home for Christmas. So, mom has got a big birthday. You got a big ro- you got a bit of a role reversal. You're gonna be there. You're gonna be like a little roommate now. I know at Donnie's house, right? Isn't that kind of fun? <laughs> yeah, get some golf in. So for those who don't know, I took over uh, Don's sales business. So I do sales for Canada West Boots and Montana Silversmiths. For those that might not know, you probably, you probably most people know, but uh, but I'm the sales rep in Alberta for those two companies. Thank like courtesy of Don, I took over for him. So worked with him for for kind of like three years, and then. Uh, and and then took it over and been rolling on it for a couple of years now. So going to go spend some time with Don, get some golf in with him and uh, enjoy some warm weather kind of in that time of the season. So get a few days down there and hit the NFR for a bit. Yeah. And then my mom's birthday, she turned 70 on Christmas day. So we're having a party for her on the 22nd and spend on Christmas with her and my brother and my dad up there, Drake Valley. So looking forward to it. It'll be awesome. It'll be a good December. What are you doing? Dustin, you got a big uh, game on the thirtieth, but what do you guys got planned for the holidays? You got, I know you're doing Vegas in January too. Yeah, we're gonna go down to Vegas in January. Watch Ali's brother play hockey down there. He's playing at ASU, so so they play UNLV play. or what? UNLV Rebels, yeah. So that'll be I good. They had a hockey team, that's kind of fun. Well, they got a really good hockey team actually. Um, they play at Nationwide Arena where the Golden Knights practice, so it'd be a oh really one. So it'd be a good good thing there. But yeah, Christmas will be busy. Ali's going to be at the store. She's going to be busy there. And then, um, yeah, our Roughnecks home openers, December 30th. Um, it's going to be a dome dome for the holidays is our theme this year because oh, yeah. we've, got, we've got we've got events like the 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, and 1st between Flames. And the 27th, too. And the 27th, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's going to be good. It's going um, to be a lot of uh, Wranglers, uh, Wranglers, Roughnecks, and Flames games. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be fun. Looking forward to uh and Hitman. Yeah. And all four uh, teams. Dang. Yeah, it's it's a busy, busy rink. And then um and then our roughneck season starts next weekend in Rochester. Then we go to San Diego the weekend after and and then a bye weekend and then Christmas break. So exciting to 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 get it that season going as well. What's your first trip with the team? Uh I'm going to go to, uh, right after New Year's, I'm going to go to uh, Vancouver, watch yep. some play with there. Yeah. Going to try and hit, and then I'm going to Philadelphia. and going to go try and hit some buildings that are similar to Calgary's. Um, Old Rochester, and Ro- Rochester and San Diego, they don't quite have the draws or the, the big shows that uh, some of the other teams do, so I'm going to sit those okay. ones up. But uh, Vancouver's a big rivalry. Uh, Philly will be good. Probably go to Sask when they play yep. the Rush. Okay. Um, so yeah, it'll be cool. Be excited, excited to get my first season under my belt. So, I think I I was trying to make a joke, but I'm not sure if you if you caught it. I was saying, if you're gonna go visit some buildings like the dome, you're gonna go look at some that are a little old and dingy and ready for <laughs> ready for demo. Yeah, uh, just go look for anyone that the roost caving in. <laughs> but uh, in, in, insider information, it's uh, that new building, the the design and all the work. It's full speed ahead in there. So it's I it's, believe. Uh, it. It's pretty exciting to hear the updates and um and what what's going on with it. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool. Twenty twenty six uh move in date or what? Twenty I think it's the twenty six, twenty seven season they're expecting to be playing. So yeah, so fall of twenty six. Yeah, yeah, That's it's uh coming, it's coming really quick. It's gonna be cool. There's some cool construction going on in Stampede Park, honestly, actually. Like 
they're uh it's looking pretty neat that new bemo center looks pretty un- unreal so amazing looking pretty slick oh it's cool to think that like the architecture and, and the buildings that we we get wowed by when we go to the big cities or you know or bigger markets now is is right here like my oh, uncle yeah. my uncle's here this weekend and he texts me today he's like man what is that new building beside the saddle dome like it's it's huge. And I was like, oh, that's yeah, the nice. BM. It's cool to, it's cool to have some of those things down here and that, that whole area is going to be really cool when it's all done. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think there's even some hotels and surprise more condos and stuff going in there at some point too. Eh? That's going to be really neat. Unreal. Um, maybe we'll get to have a weekly convention rodeo someday at the, at down at the grounds. Wonder Very if cool. that'll happen. We need a, eh? um, the, uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about, though, PBR Canada season. We wrap it up uh, in Edmonton on the 18th of November, crowned the 2023 champion. But the 2024 season is already underway. Lloyd Minster just happened this weekend. Cody Coverchuk might not have won Canada, but he won Lloyd Minster, get the new season underway. And I wanted to talk about the the Cup Series for next year. So we've got a lot of cool stops on the schedule, if you haven't seen it yet. Kicks off in Red Deer February 3rd at the Centrium. Then... March 1st and 2nd, we're back to Lethbridge for like the 23rd or 4th or 5th year. Take a bit of a break till May. Go to Brandon, Manitoba, May 25th. Then the next Saturday, we're right to, back to the Budweiser Gardens in London, Ontario, June 1st. June 5th, it's Kingston, a new stop. And then there's another one that's in the works that still waiting on official dates for. But uh, later in July, I think on a Thursday, we're going to Kelowna, Prospera Place, the Okanagan Challenge in July. Should be awesome. Then kind of another little summer summer break, uh, Grand Prairie, the 27th and 8th of September, right the week before the CFR. So we'll go right from Grand Prairie to Edmonton. And then Medicine Hat is the 19th of October, Saskatoon the 25th and 6th, and wrapping it up in Edmonton, Rogers Place, the 8th and 9th of November. That's the plan. It's a good, good schedule with some really cool stops. Right? Yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a great season. I'm looking forward to seeing Kingston, somewhere that I've never been before. Uh, and and like I said, Lloyd Minster just finished uh, but then Do- uh, you're going to Dawson. We I don't know if we talked about that yet, but uh, yeah. Dawson Creek PBR, uh, one of Chad Best Plugs events on the second on this Saturday. You're heading up there on the GP Friday. Yep. So we'll go up there, and that'll be I guess the second event of the PBR the Canada season. season. So yeah, um, always a fun one. They always they always fill that place up there. It's I've heard it's good. Uh, it's that's one of my favorite arenas. Like I'm surprised they don't have a a junior hockey team or Western hockey league team you, up there. Uh, they couldn't get the people to come to it. And, and it was yeah. such a pain in the ass for travel apparently. Hey, like the, cause they, they wouldn't work for the WHL cause there's nobody else that's close enough. Right. Like it, or yeah. would it be Prince George is close or like who else is even in the, in the dub. Prince George is way up in the Northwest. So it's like the, the logical thing would that for them to be in the Alberta junior hockey league, because they're proximity yeah. to in white court and, and, and those areas. But, they had a deal in that arena with Hockey Canada as yeah. a like, host building for for a number of years. So yeah, it's 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 owned now by that. I think it's Oakview Group, um, oh. OVG, that that manages it. So like it's just pristine. It's a beautiful venue. It's super nice, and yeah, it's a great yeah. great bull riding building for sure. I worked the rodeo back in there in the spring, and the the only trouble there was the crowd was a little bit light. Just didn't have yeah. a huge crowd for it, but. Um, but yeah, I've heard the bull riding there is awesome, and it make would make a great venue for it. But but yeah, it was kind of weird though to know that there was no hockey team because it yeah it wouldn't work for the dub, and like did they have like maybe an AHL team there for a while or something? Like there was some different weird team that was in there, but it, like they couldn't senior. work money wise. Senior, they had a senior team. I think they had a, I think they've had junior B, senior, 
they've had a couple of cracks at different teams up there, but can't get it to work though. Yeah. So when they had the hockey Canada events, it was like the, like the under 20 challenge and the world junior A challenge and things like that. So yeah. Of like RBC cup maybe or something. Yeah. They had a, they had a deal to host one a year. So, <laughs> so what about, uh, what about like the AJ you say like the, <laughs> them being part of the Alberta junior league would make a lot of sense. They've explored, uh, BC teams in Alberta. They were going to do Cranbrook at one point. Oh, really? They left the Western league. So never rule it out. I guess we'll see. Um, yeah. Dustin, you got anything else before we wrap it up this week? No, I'm all good, buddy. Been another good week and uh, looking forward to uh, season seven and some great guests and some great shows. Yeah. Thanks everybody for following along once again, six seasons down. This is the last episode of the sixth year of the show going into year seven on the next show will be middle of the, the NFR in Vegas. So stay tuned, Dustin. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for being part of the show and our, to our editor, Sean Morton. I think this is already what four or five years that Sean's been rocking and rolling with us now. Storm, thanks for doing all the graphics and the video side of things. And uh, Dustin, like I said, thanks again. And everybody will tune in. Tune in in a couple weeks. We'll catch up with you then. All right. Up in Pocahontas, in the cranberry glades. Ain't got bars nor the charge to call her anyways. My mind's a mile a minute, and my thoughts to bark like hounds. I've on my breathing and the universal sound I think about my darling girl sleeping all alone I pray the stars will shoot her all the wishes she can